Who cares? Are you lucky? Was not. Welcome to Sealess News, episode three. Thank you guys so much for listening to episodes one and two. Please, if you haven't, go follow the shows on Spotify or Apple. Give it a rating. Give it a like. Follow me on Instagram, Sealess News Podcast. I'm trying to be more creative there. But in episode three, we have a big development for Sealess News Podcast. We finally got a guest on the show, which was very enjoyable to record. Brian, thank you so much. Brian's been a huge supporter of the podcast all three weeks. And so Brian has just moved to Florida. We're very excited to have him on the show. I do want to say I used a different software this time to do a remote podcast. So I did run into some technical difficulties. So apologize for getting this episode out on Saturday and not Friday. I also had some other issues going on. So thank you guys for being patient. And I hope you enjoy enjoy Brian, and I hope you enjoy episode three. And without further ado, Brian, welcome to the show. It is my honor and my pleasure to be here today. And as they say, great moments are born from great opportunities. But also, I will say, so CK mentioned before that I just moved to Florida. And the one thing that I would say about moving to Florida during hurricane season, as it's amazing as it is, but the amount of people that once you move down to Florida, any kind of time that something's in the news about Florida, I get a text message from all my friends, like I did it. Like I sent everyone to Martha's Vineyard. Like I sent them to Cape Cod. It's just an issue, but it is it is what it is. Yes, Brian did just move to Palm Beach from Boston. Brian, you were in Boston for what, five and a half years? Yeah, just about five and a half years. And now he's living in the good old Sunshine State. How... How is Palm Beach? You're still moving in. It's great. It is very good. It's, uh, as you can imagine, it's very different than than Boston. And uh, I came down here for work purposes, um, mostly. But it's, uh, you know, the people are a lot nicer. It's quieter. It's calmer. And it's so far, I like, I like it pretty well. I love that. I got to get down to Florida. You know I'm a Miami guy. So. Yeah, you're, you're a little bit different, though. Yeah, Miami. <laughs> so Palm Beach, I'll, I'll be there. Don't worry. Much quieter. But I, yes, uh, but I do appreciate you coming on the show. I needed, I needed some banter. So Brian and I go back to college. And so I'm happy to have him on the show. And before we get into C-list news and talk about real news stories that happened this week, Brian, can we talk about chicken and night will for a second? Yes, I would love to. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a TikTok trend. Instagram Reels has it too. Teens are cooking their chicken in NyQuil. And this is causing an issue for the FDA, which is pretty funny. Also, it is a serious warning that they're giving. So Brian, why is this? Why do you think this is such a big issue? You know, why it's such a big issue, what's more exciting to me is the fact that they have so many things going on in the world, like between COVID, the new waves, or how many ever new waves are going to come. And then they also have monkeypox, which they're dealing with diligently. And they now have the need to talk about NyQuil chicken, where they had to say, you know what, let's make a stand. So here's a quote from the FDA. Even if you don't eat the chicken, inhaling the medication's vapors while cooking could cause high levels of the drugs to enter your body. It could also hurt your lungs. 
Put simply, someone could take a dangerously, dangerously high amount of the cough and cold medicine without even realizing it. I watched the first episode of Breaking Bad this week. I don't know why. I just felt like it. Great and I feel like, I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand. They wear those masks because of the, because of the fumes. <laughs> and they're not even making meth. They're making chicken. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't want to play it lightly if teens are actually doing this, but it's kind of a ridiculous trend. I don't know how TikTok come, like, how did the people of TikTok come up with this stuff? Like who... Who sat there and was like, let's make some night cool chicken? Yeah, I wanna I wanna know who the guy was. And then also he must have done it twice because there's no way he did it the first time. It was like, let me create a video about this and then let's repost it, send the video around, and then everyone started doing it. There had to be some form of a timeline. And I just wonder if it tastes good. Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, absolutely not. Yeah. So guys, if you're listening, don't make NyQuil chicken. If you're a parent listening, go talk to your kids about NyQuil chicken because apparently it's all the rage these days. And with that being said, let's get into some C-list news. We had a big, a big week in the news this week. Uh, the queen obviously had her funeral Monday. And I already talked about the Queen on the first episode, so I didn't want to dive too deeply into the Queen's funeral, but it obviously took the world. Um, on Monday morning, you couldn't watch any news without seeing the funeral. So it was definitely a big a big piece of this week's news. But let's talk about the President of the United States, Joe Biden. Other he, side of the pond. <laughs> yeah, the other side of the pond. Very true. He was on 60 Minutes on sunday after sunday football he made some statements that had at least the nation buzzing i'm not sure about the world his first statement that he said that had people questioning him was after all this time that he's been asked if he's mentally fit and physically fit for the presidency this is the first time that he has made mention that he might not run in 2024. Which is interesting because he's been dodging this for quite a while now. One way or another, he's always kind of teetered on the edge of, am I going to do this? Am I not going to do this? But what I thought was kind of interesting is his reason for not announcing it yet was specifically due to the election law. And <laughs> we know all the controversy there is around election law and we know how, I don't know, how uh, if this was Trump, for example, last year, I mean, I think he announced his re-election for re-election the day he won the presidency. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's not hiding from that for sure. But Biden has been. Kamala Harris also has had her comments around if he's on the ticket, I will be his running mate, which I am not. I'm not, attack. not buying that. I think she will be his running mate, but it seems like we might be headed to a primary where maybe Joe Biden's not in it. I was going to say, it just seems like the, it seems like they're kind of like playing on the fence right now, but they don't want to, they don't want to necessarily say he's not going to run because then God only knows who's going to be the one who says that, who's going to be the primary at that case. And if he says, for example, that he's not going to run, you have people like Gavin Newsom who are saying that I want to be the president. And then, oh. <laughs> 
He did. His team out the other day mentioned his um his team mentioned that if Biden were not to run, that he would put himself in there as as one of the people. And and uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Gavin Newsom was parading around the White House just a few months ago while Biden wasn't there. I mean, he was loving it. He was <laughs> eating up the fact that the media was paying attention to him in the White House, and I could totally see him running. I also could see. Harris trying to take the presidency. I just don't know if she's been a strong enough vice president to this point to make that case. I will also mention, because we love the C-Search on CLS News, this is Biden's first interview with a U.S. reporter in more than seven months, or if we convert that, over 200 days. So uh, he's definitely been hiding from, you know, one-on-one interviews and it could be because of his comments about the pandemic. So he talks about his 2024 run, and then he also says that the pandemic is over. You know, there's still 400 people a day dying from COVID. Okay, I I understand that it's still a thing, but this is the first time that the president has come out and said the pandemic is over. You got universities like Georgetown. Georgetown still has mask mandates on university campus classes for students and faculty. Do you think Joe Biden saying the pandemic is over will change people's opinions or do you think masks are here to stay? I don't think it's gonna change anyone's opinion. I think that was a huge midterm ploy because when have we, what I think is interesting is the fact that everybody's promoting boosters for so long. And then as we kind of got a dip out of COVID or people started to not really pay attention to it as as a whole, you kind of really saw people stop talking about giving boosters to kids, giving boosters for making sure everybody was fully vaccinated and everything like that. So I just think that it's more of a continuation of his narrative of trying to get himself out of that COVID lockdown mentality or kind of trying to detach himself from that, more or less, towards the midterms. And the other thing that was interesting about his comments was that he did caveat his, his sentence because he did get a lot of crap for this the next day. Everybody started flipping out online because he said COVID was over and all the people who are obsessed with COVID, for the most part, are thinking, well, what the hell? To your point, people are still dying every single day. It is still an issue. Like, you know, our friend just got COVID the other day. So um, he did caveat it by saying we are no longer in a pandemic, but COVID is still a problem. And his team also came out, right? Fauci came out talking about how it's definitely not over. And he mentioned the 400 people dying. I think the White House also took a stance that we're not in an emergency state, and maybe that's what Biden was going for, but I think that's why he had a caveat it. The last thing that Biden said in this interview, obviously he had a lot to say, but the comment that I think will have people questioning what he was kind of going for is around inflation. The inflation has hurt all Americans. It is something that will be on the ballot for the midterms and the presidency in 2024. Inflation uptick, 0.1%. And he kind of downplayed it. Uh, It went from 8.2 to 8.3, which obviously isn't a huge uptick, but then we're talking about 8.2 and 8.3. So we're already in a bad inflation standpoint. I just think probably could have handled that question a little bit better it seems like he really didn't care to win the american people over and right now inflation is their number one concern yeah 
I, I agree with you. I just think it, you know, when it comes to that and you, and you like, and you just essentially look the American people in the eye and when they say, yeah, 8.2% inflation versus 8.3% inflation, it's just a little bit rude because there's a lot of people out there who that makes a huge impact on. And it's not like inflation has been low for the, for, um, you know, the, the previous part of this year. So it's still just continuing and it's continuing in a bad way. Yes. They also talk about gas prices coming down, but <laughs> I laugh about the gas prices coming down because it's already at like a mega high. It's not like yeah. gas prices are $2 and now they're down to like, you know, $170. you are not getting that big of a break here, people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the gas prices are not down that much because they already started so high. It was great that um, the Biden administration was able to tap the uh, strategic um, reserves that we have, but we're also running out of those. But those are not, we don't have that much of the petroleum reserve left. And so when we do run out of that, or we do kind of diminish that supply, trying to battle this same problem, we're going to have to go back out there and either A, produce more oil ourselves, or B, go out there and try to buy it from people who we don't really want to. All in all, I'm not sure that Biden's 60 Minutes interview was the best that he had. Um, inflation is their number one concern, and I don't think he hit hit the right chord with that. The pandemic is over. I don't know. I think people do feel that way. But then he had clean up on aisle Biden on that comment. And then 2024. So Joe Biden, we will see what happens um, moving forward. I'm very interested to see when he makes his final decision on running in 2024. And then I'm curious to see who the Democrats put up. And I'm also curious to see who the Republicans put up. I, I could see it being a smaller side on the Republican side, but I'm very interested interested to see. I could see the Democrats um, coming out with a huge list of people if Biden steps aside. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I I think it'll be very, I think it'll be a, an interesting day when he does finally make this decision if he's going to run or not. And it'll be really interesting to, to see what happens to Kamala with, with that decision. Yes, I would have to agree. Uh, so we will, we will keep an eye on that. Sealess News will keep you guys updated with all the breaking news as I come out with a podcast once every week. All right, let's, uh, <laughs> we're moving, we're moving forward. We're going to Monday Night Football. And I can finally talk about the Eagles because they had um, they played the Vikings on Monday night. And as I always do, I will talk quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts completed 26 of 31 passes for 333 yards, one passing touchdown, one interception, and then he ran for 57 yards with two rushing touchdowns on 11 carries. The man was electric for the Eagles. Brian, I know you're in Florida and you're in Boston and you're not really an Eagles fan, but definitely a big game for Jalen Hurts. He came out with some swagger. I think he kind of heard the Philadelphia fans were not exactly the nicest people. Can you speak otherwise? No, no, we're we're not the nicest. Maybe and you of all, maybe you are like the sole one, but out of all the other people there, maybe not. What did, no, what did they do to Santa Claus that one year? Thank you, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Philadelphia fans are definitely not, we're not kind. I mean, we will rip you apart. And Literally. 
even if you're on our team, we had a Phillies player this year literally say, I hate Philadelphia. And then guess what? He played really well the next day and now he loves Philly and we're supportive. So you just got to produce for us and we'll be the most supportive people um, in the sports world. So, but anyways, the Eagles did about the Vikings, which was awesome. And I have some sealess news on ABC, which is where the Eagles played. It crushed viewership compared to Dancing with the Stars, which just got pushed to Disney Plus. Just to, I mean, how do you compare Dancing with the Stars with the NFL? That was just, I don't want to say ABC made an amazing decision because it was such an obvious decision, but good for them. Viewership was 12.1 million total viewers and Dancing with the Stars was 5 million. I feel like Dancing with the Stars is where celebrities go to die. <laughs> or where they try and revive themselves, Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. Well, either or. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good uh, success story. I also love a good success story, but let's get back into the Eagles because I do have some sea search facts to bring you guys. The Eagles have the league's top-ranked offense right now. They're first in rushing and second in passing which is pretty awesome. But Washington has the third-ranked offense and is ranked first in passing and 14th in rushing. We care about that because we play Washington this Sunday against our old quarterback, Carson Wentz. After this performance, though, by Jalen Hurts, I just feel like he has to show up against Carson Wentz, you know? I feel like the Philly fans would... They'll literally forget about your performance if you don't beat... Carson Wentz. <laughs> I mean, it's it's always so sad to me that I, whenever I think about um, when uh, Big Dick Nick won the Super Bowl for you guys, and then you just axed him instantly the next day. Listen, listen, Brian. I love <laughs> Carson Wentz was on the bench for a year. Nobody even knew if he could run. Yes, and you I, that brought you to a Super Bowl. Yes, or won you a Super Bowl. I mean, Carson Wentz best ever created. Carson Wentz did get us to a certain point, but I love Nick Foles. I think he should be starting somewhere. But now let's get into the Buffalo Bills. I talked about them week one, and once again, Josh Allen looked amazing, defeating the Tennessee Titans 41-7. to Brian, do you think that Josh Allen tops Mahomes for the best quarterback in the league? I think he has the potential. I think the Bills overall might be a little bit of a better team. And I think the Bills, as a fan base, are just so much stronger. And I think, oh. that, I, think that, I think that helps a lot when it comes to cultivating that superstar mentality. And, like, do people even care about Patrick Mahomes? No. They're just focused on his loser brother. Yeah, they also hate <laughs> his brother and they hate his wife. So, not but, that's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it outside of, you know, just your typical passing, catching, and throwing. It is very true. Anyways. Those are a Super Bowl team. It, yes, that is very true. Um, so the Bills won 41-7, to and so they are now 2-0 for the third time in four seasons. So that is great. Um, I don't know if I said this before, but Alec White was the contributor on Bills on buffalobills.com. So I do want to give him a shout-out because a lot of these C-Search facts came from him. The Bills scored more points in week two, 41, than the entire AFC South division. 
<laughs> Does that Maybe. say more about how great the Bills are or how shitty everyone else is? I. What do you think? I say it probably shows how shitty everyone else is. However, <laughs> um, forty-one to seven is a pretty commanding win against another professional team. I don't think you usually see a team. Like at least you can get like a field goal in the game. I mean, they great scored wins. Great teams cover. Yeah, that's very true. It is the Bills' twentieth win by ten or more points, tying the Chicago Bears' twenty-game win streak and matching the NFL record since nineteen forty. Don't the Bears wish that they could have that back? Bills' twenty-four point third quarter was the team's second largest output in the third quarter in team history. They have the longest streak since 1990 of opening drive touchdowns for the Bills. And Josh Allen has tied a career high with four touchdown passes. It's also been 10,220 days since the Bills won a home Monday night football game. Wow. And the last game that they did win was against the Denver Broncos on September 26, 1994. 27 to 20. So I'm just 1900s. Yeah. I just feel like I, I mean, basically I'm like a dictionary for facts, Uh, but Kirk cousins also, sorry, I got to go back to the Eagles for a second. Kirk cousins, three interceptions gave him 11 since 2015, which is the most in the league. So he definitely, (laughs) You definitely don't have a comparison there to Josh Allen. But um, yeah, Darius Slay was basically his wide receiver in this one. All right. So wrapping up Monday Night Football, congratulations to the Bills and Eagles. I hope to see the Eagles beat the Commanders. What a stupid team, by the way. Like Commanders, you couldn't come up with something better than that. Their other options are so much better. There are so many better options. I understand they're not trying to get canceled again, but you got to do better than commanders. All right. But now we're talking about migrants. So let's not get canceled ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a very touchy subject, but we do have to talk about it because it's very heavy in the news these days. 750 migrants this year have died coming across our Southern border um, during fiscal year, 2022. According to the Department of Homeland Security, um, which shatters the previous annual record, but what I what I find interesting, because we will talk about the Martha's Vineyard, because you live in DeSantis country now. I sure do. (laughs) What I find very interesting about the migrant surge is like every news program says that there's a migrant surge. But then you interview Kamala Harris or you hear her about it. And it's almost like it's happening, but she doesn't see it as a surge. It's also interesting because has this problem ever not been a problem? Like you, every single presidency that has ever come through, it's like the first thing that gets brought up on on topic. And, you know, it's a big thing for the first, you know, couple of weeks or something. And then I feel like it dies down and then it resurfaces towards elections exactly i would have to 100 percent agree with that obviously whether you agree with the laws or not 
they're currently taking the title of illegal immigrants because they're illegally entering our country, regardless of what our government has said about them coming here. If they want to change the laws, then that's something that they can play with. But we also are currently, as your governor has done, we like to send these migrants to sanctuary cities. <laughs> yeah, like it's my fault again with that. <laughs> like Ron called me um, up and like, Ryan, do you think that we should send them up north? Okay. Where? Mar- Martha's Vineyard? Yeah. All right. Sounds good. No, didn't happen. So the, it is interesting um, where he's sending them. And I did hear recently that he's, um, sorry to cut you off, CK, but he, uh, I heard that he's sending them to Biden's house. And uh, Biden's response was, I'll be waiting or something along those lines. Well, he does vacation in Delaware a lot. So he he might be there to <laughs> welcome them off the plane. <laughs> also, what I find interesting about the migrants, and then let's talk about Martha's Vineyard. We send them on like private planes to Martha's Vineyard, but then we act like that is worse than what they were going through in their home country, wherever they are coming from. And I just feel like it's a little, it's a little misguided. I also think that the cities that are taking them in, New York City, Martha's Vineyard, um, Washington, D.C., Chicago, Cape like Cod. Cape Cod, um, you know, if we're taking them in and we're taking care of them, right, I think that I think they're doing better than they were home country. So <laughs> I don't know. I, but, yeah, I would tend to agree. I mean, it, you know, obviously everything is case dependent, but you know what? I know specifically down here in Florida, everybody has their thoughts on, you know, how on Floridians and everything like that. But the, um, a lot of people have kind of been upset about it because I think he spent somewhere up to about $13 million worth of taxpayer money, which I'm not really sure how that adds up to send these people up North. And so it just seems a little bit irresponsible from all fronts. And, but I do agree with you that, you know, private jets, Cape Cod might be a little bit better than what's going on down South. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Did we have to, did we have to fly them on the private jet? I know that Biden was flying migrants across on commercial airliners, like many months ago, the private jet though, that is a different tier. I feel like many Americans haven't even been on a private jet. I think the majority of Americans have not been on private jets. And it's always, and like we've said before, it's always, it's always been an issue. And I just, you know, I think it's, it's interesting that every single time, like we've mentioned, you know, an election cycle comes around that this becomes more forefront in the news cycle and nothing ever really gets done about it. You know, people start throwing around terms that nobody knows about like coyotes and like, <laughs> and then now we're just shipping people wherever. And it, it, it just seems to me that this is a problem that's never really going to get fixed, but just going to be thrown around in different ways. Yeah, I feel like we have a few of those issues in this country where we, it's like a huge talking point, but then we don't actually fix it. What do you think we could do uh, regarding illegal immigration? Do you think it's a law change or do you think it's actually securing the border? Like, what do you think the... I don't think think securing the border is necessarily like, I don't, I wouldn't say that's a priority of trying to make everything work better. I think, I think that they're probably, and I'm no law expert by any means when it comes to anything around this topic. But if I were to pontificate <laughs> on this topic, I would say that 
it's probably something from the top down. And I think that there probably has to do a lot with, I think there probably has to be a reform when it comes to the laws in, um, when it comes to illegal immigrants themselves or whatever the proper term is, but also when it comes to people who have visas. I mean, we have many friends from our time at Syracuse who literally came here for school and then got kicked out of the country because they did get a job, but they couldn't get approved. So I just think, I think all around, there's just not a lot of great laws around how to get in and get access to this country. Yeah, no, I agree. I also think it's a very long time coming. You know, we don't have a good way to pass the paperwork through and allow people to come here. And, (laughs) you know, obviously many of these people are just seeking better life. Um, But that's also where I come in with my viewpoint of like, all right, I understand that there's been some arguments that like we're playing with their lives, but we also are taking care of them in this country. So yeah, um, it's definitely From a relative standpoint could be a lot worse. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. Kamala Harris is in charge. So I just don't know how she hasn't seen the surge that everyone else has seen. But we will, 2024 <laughs> is upon us. So we will see. Let's make it a little bit lighter on C-List News. We love crazy news going on. This one definitely probably hasn't hit the top airwaves, but if you haven't heard, uh, Marysville, Ohio plant for Honda is asking employees to send a percentage of their bonuses back to Honda. Employees now owe money to their employer. And what I love about this, Brian, is not only... Do the employees now owe their employer? But they gave them options. Lump sum, <laughs> installment plan, spread across future paychecks, or a deduction from any upcoming bonuses. I mean, what if you just quit and say, listen, the boys at Ford gave me a call and I'm going over there? I mean, it's very, it's a plausible thing. Also, by law, I do have to say this because I'm a factual podcaster. This effort is supported in the law and the employer actually can sue the employee. How far does that go for employee appreciation? Could you imagine? Wow. You know, that seems like a company when you go to work for them, they say we're one big family. Oh, yes. <laughs> they I, are. Just, I just can't imagine like... I, like, first of all, everything, just picture it this way. Everything has been going so, everything has been tough for the majority of Americans throughout this country. You have inflation to deal with, you have stock market plummeting, you have a ridiculous housing market going on. And then all of a sudden, one day you get a bonus and you get really excited and you look at your significant other and you say, babe, we did it. We can get, we can get takeout tonight. And then two weeks later, they go, give it back. <laughs> Yeah. And and like, think about how much money Honda makes. Now, I don't know for sure, but if you were to look at their revenue lines, I don't know how much they gave them bonuses, but I'm sure it wouldn't hurt their bottom lines too much. Well, also, cars are so inflated right now. I mean, they're making, I mean, granted, the parts are probably more expensive now too, but I mean, they're making a probably better than they ever have. But I agree with you. Uh, I did hear this from. RTV sources, actually Dana Prina, she was a, she was actually, what was it? George Bush's press secretary after 9-11. She said 
the employer, like the big executives at Honda should be covering this? That's a great point. You know, a little bit of uh, if they really want to show appreciation. I don't know if I've ever heard of a company that ever do that, though. I don't know if a, a, an executive has ever been so kind to give that kind of a gift. I'm sure we could have maybe find one during the pandemic of being kind. It's like the New York uh, Times lunchboxes. Oh, the New York Times lunchboxes. Uh, those oh. look nice, though, I have to say. Uh, see, <laughs> I, I, it doesn't have a handle. I don't know. Go oh, good point. Point. good point. It doesn't have a handle. Useless. But anyways, I, I don't have a solution here, but I just think that, you know what? You made a mistake. It's okay. The, but you gotta own it. Yeah, the plant, oh, the plant workers. I just feel like should be able to keep the bonus. I can't imagine also that they gave bonuses that's like unattainable to achieve in for Honda. So I don't know. Um, crazy it just seems like another another annoying thing that happens in this world. It's like it's like sending somebody on a trip for work and then being like, oh, sorry, can you personally pay for this? <laughs> oh my God, I've had that happen before. It's brutal. I hope the employees can keep the money, but it doesn't look like it's happening. No, it's definitely not going to be the case. They're going to hunt down every single one of those employees. Yeah, and they do not know how many, or at least it wasn't recorded how many got it. It's like 3,400 people at the plant, but they don't know how many actually received the bonus. But Jesus. we're... I just like take like 0.001 from the CEO's salary one week and like, or like in his paycheck. And I feel like you cover it. Yeah, it's covered. And you know, don't worry about it. He won't even notice. I at least give him some stock options. Yes. That way it's kind of like a fake thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's not real money, but it's out there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they don't all right. longer lock them in through a vesting period. There's tons of ways to make yeah and during this inflationary period i just think real cynical about it yeah uh puerto rico brian i'm not the most up to date on this subject but we have a big hurricane and i feel like you're kind of getting used to this because you're living in florida no i but i will say like i said in the beginning there's a lot that every since i got down here there's been a thunderstorm like almost every single day which i think i think it's great I kind of like it, but um, I was, everybody was a little bit concerned when they said, thought that Maria was coming straight for us and um, it did not. And unfortunately hit the people of Puerto Rico, which has not really gotten a lot of press. Um, those are American citizens. People do forget that. They are. They are American citizens. Um, do you think that, do you have storms like, like, I feel like anytime I'm in Miami, it, like, rains for two minutes, and then it's, like, a beautiful day. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. It kind of bothers me, though, because I'm like, if this can be a storm, I want there to be a storm. I don't want this, like, bullshit. Oh, you like the cloudy weather. Like, we've had a cloudy weather all day. You know what's the worst day? What? When it rains, and it storms all day, and you're, like, just inside, and you're like, you know what? Today, like, today's just a wash. I'm going to watch Netflix, like, relax. And by five o'clock, once work is wrapping up, you're like, I got to go. I got to go outside. The sun comes out, becomes this beautiful day. It's like they kind of played with your emotions of I'm going to have a relaxing day. And now you're in a full workout and you had no idea that was coming. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. The humidity is something that really gets me here too. It's just like I can't, I can't avoid it. Ah, uh, the humidity. It's me like a brick wall. Have the rents visited you in Palm Beach yet? No, they have not. Well, uh, they'll be there. Don't worry. They will. So we're praying for the people of Puerto Rico, though. Owner robbed server for one year, plus fined him ten million dollars after an investigation found that he had engaged in what the league called workplace misconduct and organizational deficiencies. I know that he had misogynistic and hostile incidents over his nearly two-decade tenure overseeing the franchise. Brian, I got something to say about this. Remember when I talked about Nick Curios getting fined? Yes. Where did he come up with the arbitrary number of $10 million? And my next point, if you ran this franchise for two decades, 20 years, you're telling me that he's like trying to find $10 million. And then on top of it, he's selling both franchises. And you're trying to tell me that $10 million isn't like 0.01% of what he's going to make <laughs> off of that. What's, I just want to know how he has no liquidity. I want to know. I, like, where is he putting it all? Where does it all go? What's he using it on? And what are these atrocities you speak of that he's done? He had misogynistic. Uh, there were a lot of emails. He definitely used the N-word. I know that. That's, yep. That's, yeah, can't do that. Um, on at least five occasions. At least. Spanning his he tenure. Should... And it says he made, there was no findings that Sarver used this racially insensitive language with the intent to mean or demigrate. Den denigrate oh boy we we need to go back to school i've uh, so i've been under the impression that it does not matter just don't do oh, it. it totally <laughs> doesn't matter yeah just don't do it i think he also talks very strongly of his faith in a way basically saying like he believes in forgiveness and he needs to walk away he takes full responsibility for what i've done i'm sorry for causing this pain and these errors in judgment are not consistent with my personal philosophy or my values. This moment is an opportunity for me to demonstrate a capacity to learn and grow as we continue to build a working culture where every employee feels comfortable and valued. Do we buy it? I don't know that I buy it. I'm still, I just feel like he still has basically like, yes, he has to walk away from what he's been doing for over two decades. He does have a... $10 million fine, which is the maximum allowed by NBA rule. So that's pretty interesting. That's a good C-search fact, you on my opinion. <laughs> also, I do have to give the credit to the NBA. They are going to donate the $10 million to organizations that are committed to addressing race and gender-based issues in and outside of the workplace. Do we buy it? I feel like I feel like it's the NBA, all a gimmick. I mean, definitely could be. But we also have, if we want to talk about the NBA being in the news, Yuduka, who is the Celtics head coach, he was just suspended for the whole season after it was alleged that he has had a relationship with a co-worker in the Celtics organization. He is a married man, so I just think that's not a great look. And now 
the Celtics are on a search for an interim head coach. It sounds like their assistant coach is going to become their interim head guy, but not a great look. No. Did he get any fines or anything like that? Well, he's suspended for the whole year. I don't know if there's been financial penalties yet, but I think he's kind of on on the men's to fix it with his family. We can also talk about Adam Levine while we're at it. He also cheated on his pregnant wife. You know, sliding into the DMs is a very dangerous game when you're famous. It sure is. And like, I was talking the other day about Maroon 5, which I think is interesting because they are one of the few and only bands that was cr- that was created, I believe they one of their first hits was in the early 2000s that is still on the top of the charts. Like there's not a single band from that time that is still doing as well as Maroon 5. And now, not so much. I mean, definitely not a great look. It's also like, you just don't do it. You just don't slide into the DMs like that and then have documented incidences. That's where the NBA coach got in trouble. I'm unsure of how Paducah got caught, but I mean, Adam Levine, come on. Adam Levine also, Adam Levine also is married to a supermodel. So I'm just confused. Victoria's Secret to be specific. Oh, thank you. So Brian, the moral of the story is don't slide into the DMs. Don't have it documented. You pick up the phone and you call. Yeah, yeah. Paper trails can, should, shouldn't always be avoided. Yeah, it's not great, but in all seriousness, just don't do it. Yeah, all right, right. so we're, don't do it. we're getting into our closing news. We love closing news because it's not like real news. It's more like fun news. So first, let's talk about Southwest Airlines. I don't have anything against Southwest. We, listen, we love Southwest. They do great by the people. Their symbols a heart, but when you get on a plane, the last thing you want on your seat is a ukulele and a lay going to Hawaii, where I'm sure there's children. It wasn't <laughs> like Southwest was like, oh, this is an all-adult flight. Any noise on a plane should be banned, as it is. You know, you already have an issue with the people who have never been on a plane in their entire lives. And there's always, those are the, always the people that show up on the, you know, in the early morning planes and got, and they got to open up the window halfway through. Oh, look at the clouds. Well, everyone's sleeping. It's just the goddamn worst. Those people should be banned. You should put them on a list. You should get them out of here. And I think the people who came up with this idea for the ukuleles should be on that same list. (laughs) I love it, Brian. Oh shit! It really is. It's just you can't do that. (laughs) I love it. You think any of them actually learned anything besides hot cross buns? I think it was a terrible decision. Also, how much money did you waste on ukulele? That's a good point. And if you were on the flight home from Hawaii that day, or going to Hawaii, like coming up. Don't you think that you deserve a ukulele? Like, I think this was one flight. It was like a one flight and we're done. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's just the inequality is just blowing out the seams. It's unbelievable. And you know what I also think about? I guarantee you there was at least one person on this flight that was like, excuse me, my ukulele doesn't work so well. Do you have any other? Oh, 
hundred percent. I just people are the worst. People are the worst, and I will have to agree with you on the the shade. Like it's a dark flight. You're all just trying to sleep. Nobody can sleep sitting. I'm sorry, I can't sleep on a plane. No, just, I mean, yeah. So, I I had a great. Uh, experience on a plane one time because it was during the pandemic. Nobody was really flying. Flights were really cheap. Were you allowed to do that? No. But <laughs> flights are really cheap. So what did what did I do? I was like, oh my gosh, there's a lie flat first class. I'm gonna fly to Florida, Miami, first class, lie flat. Flight gets canceled. No. The next day there's no good flight times. And then I find myself on Frontier. And I took a... There's nothing wrong with Frontier. It's just when you were excited for your first class ticket. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a bold statement to say there's nothing wrong with Frontier. Um, There's a reason it's called Frontier. And um, there's also a reason why it's compared to Spirit. And, you know, I actually had a pretty good experience in Spirit recently. I flew to Florida similarly. And um, my seat... But they were like, do you want to, they put me in first class, long story short, for like 20 bucks. And I mean, first I class, didn't know Spirit had first class. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm a big deal. It makes sense that I was in Spirit's first class. And so the, what you get, I'll give you a little bit of the summary. A luxurious seat that's maybe three inches bigger than the normal seat. And you do get legroom, And that is it. You do not get any free water or anything like that. I was like, can I have a snack for free? They said, no, you cannot, unless you pay for it. Wow. I've never flown on Spirit. You should. It's good. It's fun. um, And also, you know, hearing about their first class and then hearing that you have to pay for everything. What throws me off about Spirit is it is the cheapest flight, but then you're paying for, like, your bag. You barely can breathe and you're paying. Like, I just don't understand their their model. And you know what's really sad? Not to go on a tangent here, but JetBlue has, I don't know if you've had the same experience up, up in uh, New York, but JetBlue has just fallen off a, a rock. Like this, so for, to, me, to me, in my opinion, I travel a lot for work. I'm on a lot of planes all the time. That company is abysmal now. So they, it is so bad that they tried to get a deal with Spirit. And Spirit essentially was like, eh, we're better than you. We're not going to combine with you. No, it's happening. JetBlue and and Spirit announces plan to merge, creating the fifth largest U.S. airline. I will agree with you. So I take it all back. Now we're just going to have the world's mega shittiest airplane in the world. Why is that the case? Because JetBlue used to be so good. It used to be so great. In Boston and Logan, they literally have their own section at the airport. Now it's just a section of bullshit. Well, we'll... uh... We do need to figure out what happened to JetBlue. Maybe it was executive poor leadership. Now, let's get into one other closing news story. Brian, we have the top five most expensive states to buy a house in 2022. And number one surprised me. Really? I do have to say. Hawaii. Median home price, 615000 Three hundred dollars. So medium home price, we're over half a million. Do you have a square footage on like the average? I don't have a square footage, do not. But 
Let's see if you can guess number two as far as states go. Well, you know, I was going to say it makes sense. You got Mark Zuckerberg buying up islands. You got the people all pissed off over there. Um, but I'd say the second one is probably, if I had to guess, Arkansas. Wow, Arkansas. Arkansas is not. not all right, no, my real guess would probably be like, um, I would say, I mean, like my go-to is to say New York, California, but I feel like it's not right. You might be right. Okay, it's definitely California then. Oh yeah, California. Medium <laughs> home price though, think about this. 505,000. That's like a steep decrease from Hawaii. I would have to think the only reason Hawaii is so expensive is they don't have a lot. Like, they got so much volcanic land over there and they don't have yeah. The third one, fourth and fifth surprised me, so I'll just share it. Oregon was number 3. 312,200. Wow. Washington was number four, 339,000. And Colorado was 343,300. Really? Honestly, come on, guys. Colorado is only big because the pandemic happened. Everyone was like, let me go hiking. And now Colorado is like everyone's favorite state, but nobody actually cares about hiking. Yeah, it's just, it's falling off the map. People are forgetting about it. And you know what? Maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. Maybe it's not, but people on Colorado probably love Patagonia. You know who hates Patagonia? The Patagonia. The heirs, no, the heirs to the throne. I mean, <laughs> they must be so just like you had this amazing thing and now it's all just going to climate change. If I was a grandchild or an heir to Patagonia and then my grandfather was just like, poof. All that money down the drain. He definitely did it for tax purposes. I'm not buying it, Brian. He did do it for tax purposes. And, you know, at the end of the day, it is just a workaround to get around some of the capital gains and some of the estate taxes. But that's okay because that's how the law works. And unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you want to look at it, he's not breaking any laws. But he's right. sure so pulling off the strings to make sure that this looks like a pure environmental endeavor. And Let's be honest, it's not. All right, well, you live and learn in the podcast world. Brian just got cut off our feed, so we're going to cut the interview right here. We do very much appreciate Brian being on the show. He will definitely be back. We're debating to get him on a permanent basis with all the funds that I have. He'll be making the big bucks with Sealess News. But I hope you guys really enjoyed Brian. I enjoyed having some banter back and forth. This was a little bit longer of a podcast. I think my solo episodes have been around 21-ish minutes. I think having a partner in crime on this episode was awesome so i hope you guys enjoyed brian once again rate like follow the show apple spotify find me on instagram and i can't wait to see you guys back here on friday we'll be back to regular scheduled programming next week once again apologize for the delay in getting this out but we are back and i hope you enjoyed the show give me some feedback i'm always looking for how to make the show better and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Enjoy football Sunday as usual. 
if you watch college football enjoy it i think syracuse played last night so i will actually because i'm such a good podcast host i'm real timing telling you that they did play last night and they won 22 to 20 anyways have a hell of a weekend and we will talk on friday